Chapter 22 of Astoria or Anecdotes of an Enterprise Beyond the Rocky Mountains by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Wilderness of the Far West, Great American Desert, Parched Seasons, Black Hills, Rocky Mountains, Wandering and Predatory Hordes, Speculations on What May Be the Future Population, Apprehended Dangers, A Plot to Desert, Rose the Interpreter his sinister character departure from the arikra village while mr hunt was diligently preparing for his arduous journey some of his men began to lose heart at the perilous prospect before them but before we accuse them of want of spirit it is proper to consider the nature of the wilderness into which they were about to adventure it was a region almost as vast and trackless as the ocean and at the time of which we treat but little known excepting through the vague accounts of indian hunters a part of their route would lay across an immense tract stretching north and south for hundreds of miles along the foot of the rocky mountains and drained by the tributary streams of the missouri and the mississippi this region which resembles one of the immeasurable steppes of asia has not inaptly been termed the great american desert it spreads forth into undulating and treeless plains and desolate sandy wastes wearisome to the eye from their extent and monotony and which are supposed by geologists to have formed the ancient floor of the ocean countless ages since when its primeval waves beat against the granite bases of the rocky mountains it is a land where no man permanently abides for in certain seasons of the year there is no food either for the hunter or his steed the herbage is parched and withered the brooks and streams are dried up the buffalo the elk and the deer have wandered to distant parts keeping within the verge of expiring verdure and leaving behind them a vast uninhabited solitude seamed by ravines the beds of former torrents but now serving only to tantalize and increase the thirst of the traveller occasionally the monotony of this vast wilderness is interrupted by mountainous belts of sand and limestone broken into confused masses with precipitous cliffs and yawning ravines looking like the ruins of a world or is traversed by lofty and barren ridges of rock almost impassable like those denominated the black hills beyond these rise the stern barriers of the rocky mountains the limits as it were of the atlantic world the rugged defiles and deep valleys of this vast chain form sheltering places for restless and ferocious bands of savages many of them the remnants of tribes once inhabitants of the prairies but broken up by war and violence and who carry into their mountain haunts the fierce passions and reckless habits of desperadoes such is the nature of this immense wilderness of the far west which apparently defies cultivation and the habitation of civilized life some portions of it along the rivers may partially be subdued by agriculture others may form vast pastoral tracts like those of the east but it is to be feared that a great part of it will form a lawless interval between the abodes of civilized man like the wastes of the ocean or the deserts of arabia and like them be subject to the depredations of the marauder here may spring up new and mongrel races like new formations in geology the amalgamation of the debris and abrasions of former races civilized and savage the remains of broken and almost extinguished tribes 
the descendants of wandering hunters and trappers of fugitives from the spanish and american frontiers of adventurers and desperadoes of every class and country yearly ejected from the bosom of society into the wilderness we are contributing incessantly to swell this singular and heterogeneous cloud of wild population that is to hang about our frontier by the transfer of whole tribes from the east of the mississippi to the great wastes of the far west many of these bear with them the smart of real or fancied injuries many consider themselves expatriated beings wrongfully exiled from their hereditary homes and the sepulchres of their fathers and cherish a deep and abiding animosity against the race that has dispossessed them some may gradually become pastoral hordes like those rude and migratory people half shepherd half warrior who with their flocks and herds roam the plains of upper asia but others it is to be apprehended will become predatory bands mounted on the fleet steeds of the prairies with the open plains for their marauding grounds and the mountains for their retreats and lurking-places here they may resemble those great hordes of the north gog and magog with their bands that haunt the gloomy imagination of the prophets a great company and a mighty host all riding upon horses and warring upon those nations which were at rest and dwelt peaceably and had gotten cattle and goods the spaniards changed the whole character and habits of the indians when they brought the horse among them in chile tucuman and other parts it has converted them we are told into tartar-like tribes and enabled them to keep the spaniards out of their country and even to make it dangerous for them to venture far from their towns and settlements are we not in danger of producing some such state of things in the boundless regions of the far west that these are not mere fanciful and extravagant suggestions we have sufficient proofs in the dangers already experienced by the traders to the spanish mart of santa fe and to the distant posts of the fur companies these are obliged to proceed in armed caravans and are subject to murderous attacks from bands of pawnees comanches and blackfeet that come scouring upon them in their weary march across the plains or lie in wait for them along the passes of the mountains we are wandering however into excursive speculations when our intention was merely to give an idea of the nature of the wilderness which mr hunt was about to traverse and which at that time was far less known than at present though it still remains in a great measure an unknown land we cannot be surprised therefore that some of the resolute of his party should feel dismay at the thoughts of adventuring into this perilous wilderness under the uncertain guidance of three hunters who had merely passed once through the country and might have forgotten the landmarks their apprehensions were aggravated by some of lisa's followers who not being engaged in the expedition took a mischievous pleasure in exaggerating its dangers they painted in strong colors to the poor canadian voyageurs the risk they would run of perishing with hunger and thirst of being cut off by war parties of the sioux who scoured the plains of having their horses stolen by the apsarakas or crows who infested the skirts of the rocky mountains or of being butchered by the blackfeet who lurked among the defiles in a word there was little chance of their getting alive across the mountains and even if they did those three guides knew nothing of the howling wilderness that lay beyond 
the apprehensions thus awakened in the minds of some of the men came well nigh proving detrimental to the expedition some of them determined to desert and to make their way back to st louis they accordingly purloined several weapons and a barrel of gunpowder as ammunition for their enterprise and buried them in the river bank intending to seize one of the boats and make off in the night fortunately their plot was overheard by john day the kentuckian and communicated to the partners who took quiet and effectual means to frustrate it the dangers to be apprehended from the crow indians had not been overrated by the camp gossips these savages through whose mountain haunts the party would have to pass were noted for daring and excursive habits and great dexterity in horse stealing mr hunt therefore considered himself fortunate in having met with a man who might be of great use to him in any intercourse he might have with the tribe this was a wandering individual named edward rose whom he had picked up somewhere on the missouri one of those anomalous beings found on the frontier who seemed to have neither kin nor country he had lived some time among the crows so as to become acquainted with their language and customs and was withal a dogged sullen silent fellow with a sinister aspect and more of the savage than the civilized man in his appearance he was engaged to serve in general as a hunter but as guide and interpreter when they should reach the country of the crows on the eighteenth of july mr hunt took up his line of march by land from the arikra village leaving mr lisa and mr nuttall there where they intended to await the expected arrival of mr henry from the rocky mountains as to messrs bradbury and breckinridge they had departed some days previously on a voyage down the river to st louis with a detachment from mr lisa's party with all his exertions mr hunt had been unable to obtain a sufficient number of horses for the accommodation of all his people his cavalcade consisted of eighty-two horses most of them heavily laden with indian goods beaver traps ammunition indian corn cornmeal and other necessaries each of the partners was mounted and a horse was allotted to the interpreter pierre dorion for the transportation of his luggage and his two children his squaw for the most part of the time trudged on foot like the residue of the party nor did any of the men show more patience and fortitude than this resolute woman in enduring fatigue and hardship the veteran trappers and voyageurs of lisa's party shook their heads as their comrades set out and took leave of them as of doomed men and even lisa himself gave it as his opinion after the travellers had departed that they would never reach the shores of the pacific but would either perish with hunger in the wilderness or be cut off by the savages. End of chapter 22